Welcome to the Writer's Jihad. In Islam, jihad means the struggle for peace, the greatest of which is within ourselves. For most writers, we imagine that once we make it, we'll be at peace. But that's not true. The top professionals find peace as elusive as anyone else. The Writer's Jihad is a podcast series of interviews with writers at different points in their careers talking about the struggle for peace in their industry. Every award-winning professional began as an unpublished amateur. We all start at the same place. We all face the same struggles. And we shouldn't hide those struggles behind the mystique of the craft, nor the glamour of success. If we can help each other, we should. So today, I'm with Johnny White. Hello, Johnny. Hello, Beth. Uh, Johnny and I have known each other for uh, quite some time. Um, uh, Johnny, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Um, but I'm, uh, I think the topic we're going to tackle today is uh, something like analysis paralysis, and I, yeah. um, I, I might have some um, experience and expertise in that, um, and, and that's both the slight on, well, it's more of a slight on myself than it is a compliment to myself. Um, <laughs> I have a very academic background. I, I have five degrees, um, three of them are advanced degrees in psychology, where I studied uh, creative writers and the effects of media and entertainment on people. Uh, I've started three pro-social tech companies. One was a language exchange. Uh, one gave away free medical education, some of it in story form for people with type 1 diabetes. And my third and favorite, and I think best idea I've ever had is the company I'm working on now. Uh, it's a app that helps people adapt to new situations, and we're rolling out for university and college students. They fill out a questionnaire. Uh, it gives them action plans to help them, uh, you know, based on what they put in the questionnaire. So it could be sleep better, make friends, join a study group. Um, and then we use machine learning to get the right plans to the right people so that because I can't help pitching this thing, um, <laughs> it, uh, apparently the... Uh, the, the theme is that, like, if you're in a new situation, it's only a technological problem that you can't have the wisdom of all the people who came before you condensed and provided for you. So, so we say this is like Google when you don't know what to search for. It's like having a thousand big sisters who know you and, and you've all done it before and they all know, you know, what's going to be best for you. Um, I like that. So hooray, 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 come buy our product or come work for us. Yeah. Um, and then Bass and I met, um, I, I had the uh, lovely fortune of being Robert McKee's managing director for a, a brief period. I had done research for him um, while I was doing my PhD and thereafter for a little bit. He learned that I was running one of these businesses and he said, hey, do you want to come work with me? Uh, and I said, boy, would I ever. Um, and so I, <laughs> the best part was really just attending a lot of story seminars. Um, but uh, it, I have a lot of um, respect for him, and I'm sure he'll come up once or twice as we chat. Yeah. Um, uh, and his wisdom, you know, about writing, um, sure. the the practice of writing as well as the craft. Uh, uh, I'm married. I'm 40. Uh, I have two <laughs> lovely children. Um, I told Bass the first hour would, would just be me introducing myself. But let's let's cut it there and move on. Well, uh, but for those who are interested. Uh, Johnny, you have a TED Talk, and it's up on YouTube, mm. and uh, okay. I would recommend it, uh, because I remember when I listened to it, and I genuinely thought, oh, 
Johnny's going to drop this nonsense cliche thing, isn't he? And you totally dropped the like a, a truth bomb at the end. I, I won't I won't say what it was. It was it was great. The way, the conclusion of your TED talk, and I'm like, that that's it. That's he's, he's absolutely. I was worried you were going to draw the wrong conclusion, but you drew this brilliant conclusion. You summed it up so well. You had all this great evidence and everything. I was just like, this is great. I was worried because like every time I see a TED talk, my reaction is just like, oh. But, you know, but yours was really good. So um, I'm not. I, that's not. That's not false. False praise. I, no, I, I, I when I saw it, I, I immediately told. Is, other other people who see it are like, yeah, I liked it, but I didn't get the ending, or I liked it, but I didn't understand the ending, or somebody came up to me after it, and it was 12 years ago, so I'm terribly embarrassed by it now. But oh, okay. somebody came up to me after it and said, so, so, so there's no meaning uh, to life, and I. <laughs> And I was like, oh, God. Um, <laughs> That's not what you so, said. Uh, That's not what you said. It's, no, it's the opposite, man. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought it was really good, um, and it was a very honest TED Talk. So uh, it's, you. it's on YouTube. I, I, right? I thought so, too, when I wrote it. But, but again, not many people... Um, reacted the way that you did. Um, and, oh. and so that's, that's something I appreciated about you, is I think you have um, more... Probably more sensitivity, more grace, more ability to interpret where I was trying to take it. And perhaps if I was a little bit better at, at writing and craft and presenting, I would have been able to, um, you know, bring bring a few more people along. But maybe, uh, thank well, you. I appreciate it. It's, maybe that's there, Or maybe I'm not typically the audience of TED Talk and I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't yours. So the people who watch TED Talk maybe are not the, 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 the platform you use is maybe not the audience that can get it. Mm -hmm. um, it will be. And it was, I'm, I'm being a little bit um, self-deprecatory. It was, it was a, a, an international editor's pick. So it was well-received, but nobody else has tried to talk to me about it or has, or has said, like, I get what you were going for. Right, <laughs> so right. I, I just felt, I, I felt uh, <clears throat> extra appreciative uh, yeah. of you in that moment. Well, that's kind of you. Interesting how I give you a compliment and you, Turn into a compliment for me. <clears throat> a bit of an Aikido. Ooh, man. Ooh, uh, look at that. <laughs> what do you get when a, a Canadian and a Brit are on a call together, right? That's <laughs> and once again, I'd like to point out that uh, it's only people who aren't British who call me British, because the British never do. Uh, to them, I'm a foreigner. So, uh, oh, interesting. Another reason I want to leave. Uh, right. So, <laughs> um, so we're going to talk today. Uh, you you mentioned we were chatting a bit beforehand. You mentioned about um, how you over intellectualize. I think your words were, <laughs> "I'm very guilty of this." <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, what what to you is this over intellectualization that you do? What 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 exactly? What what, what makes you think you're over intellectualizing it? We are guilty of it in this moment. Um, I have a, I have a, as I say, I have a busy life. I have kids. I have a tech company. Yeah. Um, you know, today is is a day, is a holiday um, for for some. I'm doing some work, uh, but really, you know, you and I should both be sitting down and writing right now and putting some hours into yes. the various stories and projects that we both, you know, purport to be working on. Right. But instead, here we are. You know, intellectually asking ourselves about why we over-intellectualize. So, right. Um, and, and then I, th the same can very much be said for my, you know, years of um, studying this thing, you know, getting degrees for it, trying to publish about it, 
um, you know, reading McKee's book over and over, listening to it on audiobooks, um, yeah. spending time on YouTube, you know, deconstructing uh, this and that story, listening to your uh, very excellent Stream Toolkit podcast, um, uh, and, you know, being, well, I should watch that movie again. Well, now that I've watched the movie again, I should listen to the episode again uh, to get Bass's breakdown. And, you know, these endless cycles of, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, my, one of my old colleagues would have called it masturbatory. Um, right. I would like to think that there's more to it um, than that. But, um, yeah, I, I'm reminded of a Jerry Seinfeld interview where they talked to him about comedians' conferences. And there was like a session on the business of being a comedian. And, and they asked him if he wanted to run it. And he said, sure, I'll run it. But if you let me run it, I'm going to put up a giant sign. Uh, and it's going to hang from the ceiling. Uh, and it's going to be up. And everybody's going to walk in the room. They're going to sit down. And then when everybody is seated and ready, I'm going to pull a string. And a giant sign is going to flop down. And it's going to say, go home and write. Um, <laughs> And then I'm going to walk out of the room. Um, right. and, and I, uh, yeah, uh, you no. know, I should write more is, is, is what I'm saying. That's what you, your takeaway. Yeah, because you, you said that you don't write as much as you should, right? Um, but you spend a lot of time studying it. So in your mind, what is what is the amount of writing that you should be doing? Uh if if uh, Amy Tan is to believe, be believed, I think her TED Talk on writing, which of course I watched. Um, you know, they they say show up every day, right? If the muse yep. doesn't show up, um, that's the muse's fault. And um, <laughs> I like that. Gosh darn the muse! Um, I like but that. But you have to show up and, and be at your desk, you know, pen in hand, if staring at a blank piece up, of paper, you know, it. ready to go. Yeah. Um, so I, I should be doing that. And of course I will, um, but only once my business reaches a certain size and I'm able to, you know, um, back off of it. And, and so I've, I've, I've prolonged this thing into the future with ample justifications about, um, you know, my family's needs and, you, and my, um, I mean, I'll tell you the other thing that really scares me, Bass. Sorry, do you want to interrupt? No, no, go, go. Tell me the thing that scares you. Uh, it's the Pareto distribution. It's the fact that, um, and I'm, I'm uh, citing, a, a, or I'm, I'm going to tell this in a way that a Canadian psychologist uh, the, tells it. But, the Pareto um, distribution? Yeah, P-A-R-E-T-O. Um, uh, okay. Uh, J.K. Rowling. Uh, okay. There's a million people who wrote a book <laughs> right. know, in, a, in X you know, amount of time. Right. Uh, only J.K. Rowling and Dean Koontz, you know, sold a zillion books. Right. And nobody else sold any. So the right. Pareto distribution... Basically, looks like a um, a very very flat 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 line right. until you get to the people who sold a lot of books, and then it goes sharply upward. And if you compare that to the distribution of say dollars made by bricklayers, yes. um, dollars made by bricklayers is you know they've all they've all made between you know let's let's say fifty thousand and you know one hundred fifty thousand per year, right. right? So it's it's a it's a it's a it, it's it's a it's a flattish line where everybody is making something. Yeah, the peaks and valleys are right. Yeah, but the distribution for creative works hmm. um, across creative works. So this is literature, this is music, this is right. paintings, this is everything. Is that we all 
we all buy and read the work of a very small number of people. Right. Yeah. Or listen to. Yes. Um, and even true. even amongst those people, I think it's like, you know, Bach, Beethoven, Mozart, they all composed like over 250 hours of music, but we all only listen to like five of their songs. Right. Um, yeah. So, so it's just this kind of ubiquitous. And so that scares the crap out of me. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know that I have the talent or maybe the willingness to sacrifice yeah. to like find out if I'm yeah. if, if I'm really the person. I think I need more security yeah. before I'm willing to do that. And, and God love him, even McKee. Hmm. Um, McKee had written, you know, various television shows, some crime shows. Gosh, you could give his biography a lot better than I could since he's your co-author. Hmm. Um, but but he said to me something at one point that I will definitely misquote him, but it was something like that he was better at teaching it than he was at doing it. Right. You know, coaches can be brilliant. A yeah. sports coach doesn't have to be the best athlete ever. Yeah. Um, and if he had talent for plot um, that comes from writing, right. you know, crime uh, dramas and what have you, yeah. but he, he, yeah, and this could have been me interpreting it wrong, but it was I, I, I my, in my brain he felt that he didn't have the um, aesthetic insight, the ability to like reach into the future and say the thing that was going to be super poignant to to everybody. He was more plot-ish and less. Um, yeah. Uh, whatever you call that, less less you know, mad geniusy, creative ish. It's, it's, um, it, it's interesting that that's what you got from him saying that because when he and I would talk about this, the thing I always got from him was that the reason he he stopped and just sort of focused on teaching was he'd had enough of production help. He had mm. enough of optioning, like writing a screenplay, selling it, optioning it, and then it never getting made. Um, right. And it's interesting because he's probably said both, and you resonated with that one, and I resonated with mm. production hell. Um, but that's that's what I remember him telling me uh, about that kind of stuff. But because, but 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 anyway, um, you you were saying that you had have this fantasy of uh, being able to sort of put more hours into writing a week, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think you said, what, 40 hours a week, something like that? I mean, 20 would be a great plenty if I could force myself to, you know, sit at my desk and have that, you know, and, and then I, I know me, mm. whatever I'm working on, it's going to be what I'm dreaming about, um, yeah. which actually I had, this is utterly tangential, but I, I had I started having some dreams that I'm like, well, wow, that's actually a pretty good story. Right. Okay. And I am I am so excited about that. That's so. This is my new. I, I'm like, wow. Can I can I really train myself to do that? Um, yeah. So we'll see. That's that's among my future aspirations. I mean, that's interesting because <clears throat> in one of the episodes uh, of this series, I poo pooed the dream journal um, mm. because I find that typically to it's just not worth it, right? But uh, mm. they're always rubbish. But uh, my issue is this idea that people think that you have to wait for the muse to show up, right? But right. Uh, that's not. What, but I, I don't mean you can't get it from dreams at all. 
but <clears throat> I like this idea that you something in your dreams has triggered off your inspiration because I think it doesn't matter where it comes from, right? Um, it was more because I'm a bit worried people may have taken what I said the wrong way because I, 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 I'm mm. poo-pooing the concept of where you get your inspiration. It's more this sort of love of inspiration. You know, inspiration is enough. Right. Um, but I should say something about you. You know, you said you're worried about your talent. I understand the worries about the the the, the, the was the paradigm um, distribution. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I completely, I completely get that. But um, I have read your work, and you mm -hmm. do have talent. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I I often use your work as an example whenever I'm consulting with anyone else's work. Uh, not the specifics, but what I told you, which was, it's bad, but in all the ways it should be. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, you're not making stupid mistakes. You're not making mistakes that are, you know, so when, when someone asks me to read their story or hit, take an advice, and they give me a piece of work, and I'm like, oh, my God, this person doesn't know anything. Like, mm. this is, it's terrifying, right? That mm. wasn't the case with you. It's like, oh, this is bad, but it's it's proper work. Like it's it just mm. needs work. It's like it's your first draft. It's fine. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to get all mm. this stuff out of you. It's this is completely natural. You're on the right track, and you just work it, and you'll be fine. Like mm. it was. It was from my point of view relaxing because I'm like, oh, okay. I don't. There's nothing right. to worry about, right? But it sounds like a a, a backhanded compliment or a negative thing, but it's it's not. Like this is the stuff. Everyone has to just get out of their system, right? And as you get more experienced, that stuff gets out quicker. And then sometimes mm. it never hits the page at all, right? But mm. I've got drafts that are worse, you know? And mm. I've written worse, and it's just like, it's mm. fine, it's gotta go. But the, the thing is also is if you look, just, I mean, you just look at the big blockbusters out there and whatever, the writing is not very good, yeah. right? So a lot of it is luck. So I, I really, <clears throat> the, the, the worry that you have about security and stuff, I completely mm -hmm. empathize with. The worry you don't have mm -hmm. talent, I don't think that's a real worry. I don't think you should mm -hmm. worry about that. There are worse writers out there uh, doing very, very well for themselves. Um, and you could be a much better writer and still never do it. And it has nothing to do with your talent. So I wouldn't, that shouldn't hold you back. <laughs> that's like the kindest and uh most heartbreaking like don't worry it's not you but the world sucks and so you'll never thrive yeah it's, it's almost worse if it was me i could change it fast but if it's the world what am i supposed to do man? <clears throat> uh, yeah uh, yeah okay yeah you got me you got me uh, <laughs> no I, I i i appreciate it and i have a slightly more you know, call it optimistic, Pollyanna-ish outlook. Um, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm teasing a little bit there. Um, no, but I, I like, I, I appreciate that. I think that's quite cute. I think that's, I think, that, I think it's true, sadly. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's the yin and yang of. of <laughs> there's always some black in the white, and white in the black. You know, it's just how it is. But um, Absolutely. so this sense, though, that I want to sort of nail it down a bit. This sense that you have that this is how much you should be. Like, where does this standard come from? Like, is it just what other writers have said? What Jerry Seinfeld said? How much said? I should be writing? Yeah. Is it what other people have told you? This is what you should be doing. And so you're just listening to them. People you That's admire and respect. Um, 
I think I, I think that I should be able to put out a decent work every year. Okay. You know, a relatively completed something. Okay. And I don't know why I have that in my head. Okay. Um, but, it, and there's just, you know, as I, well, I don't know, you tell me if you agree. Like, there's a, there's a certain amount of writing that's just, you know, it's just rewriting. It's just sitting yeah. there looking at the page, hating yourself. Yeah. You know, Charlie Kaufman does it so well to, talk, to express the frustrations of, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. kind of be a writer because I just rewrite adaptation. Um, um, and so I feel like one has to put in the work and, and I'm not, you know, putting in enough time yeah. that would be considered putting in work. And it's the same in business. I'm getting good at business. Um, right. But it, it's the same thing. It's like I have to talk to, you know, I don't know how many investors I have to talk to before I get one, you know, 15. And that's even if I'm targeting, you know, my, my, my reach outs pretty well and yeah. business partners. And, you know, we sell to universities and colleges and I have to talk to 10 or 20 of them. Like you just you just have to spend a certain amount of time being frustrated. Yeah. Um, for the good stuff to get out. Other, otherwise, it would be, you know, be too easy, right? Um, yeah. Or we would just have lower quality work in the world if it, if it was that easy to produce. So, sure. um, yeah, I, I just need to spend. And, and I have these. I voice record a lot. Um, yeah. And so I have all, all of these notes, all of these voice recordings that are well organized, and that um, fantastic. I have not tell, done anything with yet. Tell me how you organize your notes quickly. Sure. Um, uh, I think, uh, uh, okay, if it's in, if it's a long note, uh, it's in my uh, notes app. Uh, so I'm an Apple guy. So yeah. my notes app syncs across my, you yeah. know, watch my phone, my computer, my tablet. Yeah. Um, and then I just start it with the, the name of the thing that I'm working on. Sure. So uh, my, my two screenplays that I'm working on. Yeah. Um, or uh, a non-fiction, or a non-fiction book that I'm working on, mm. um, or it could be general, but I just started with that title, um, and then sometimes it's a to-do item, and then most often it's a voice memo. When I record the voice memo again, I just started with that title. Um, and then what you've more you, interesting, yeah, you organize where it more goes. Interesting, perhaps. You just organize where it goes. You just immediately note. You give it a good title, and you put it in a folder on your computer or something. Is that what you do? Yeah, I, I title after I've made it, I title it. So I record the content, whatever I have to say first, and then I title it after that. Okay. And so it'll be something, you know, I'm uh, one of my screenplays is called Gently Down the Stream, mm. and it'll be the title will be something like Gently Down the Stream, you know, this is what Melody's real problem is, um, you know, whatever. Gently um, Down the Stream is the one I read, right? <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the one you read. I remember, dude. I remember. I remember the plot. I remember it, and. That's right. um, if I if I forgot it, that would be a, a bad sign. Yeah, uh, I yeah. remember it. Uh, That's great. Yeah, it was it was a solid idea. Yeah, and I'm glad you. I, I'm, I yeah, I'm still working on it. It'll it'll make it out someday. Like I Good. really, you know, I'll, I'll sell it at least. I, I Good. I'm I'm and this is maybe a uh, you know, I have a weird advantage perhaps, and I have this like. I don't know what um, optimism, confidence. You know, had had wonderful parents. Was diagnosed with a medical condition early on. You know, kind of managed to uh, turn that one around and make it a good thing. And mm-hmm. I, I so I got a 
when I was 15, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, you know. Yeah. And it should have been a bad thing that I was a rebellious teenager. And, <laughs> and I, I started, uh, I went and rode a bicycle from the top to the bottom of Africa. I should have died, you know, five, six times. Maybe, um, made, made a documentary, became a motivational speaker. So I had this, like, you know, some luck and some effort theme in my life of um, pushing through and making things happen. Um, uh, entrepreneurial successes being, you know, difficult and, and somewhat rare as well. So I, 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 I have no justification for hmm. um, optimism about my writing career. I, I've had one short screenplay that, that won a contest and got made. Um, that's not a lot for somebody who really would like to think that he's a writer. Um, but I, I, I suppose it's that I've had enough success in other areas of life that I, I just really, like, I really think I can do this. Um, so I'm really excited to, to start putting some time into it. And maybe that sounds dumb or shallow or, um, mm-hmm. naive. Um, so I, I guess, I guess time will tell. I, well, I, I don't think so. Um, and, uh, I think it's remarkable to be honest, uh, because, you know, um, I, I, I always sort of, <clears throat> I make this point to people that like, um, some people, what, what breaks people is different between people. And, uh, mm. some people can get broken by what you go through and what you go, but it's easy for you, or at least it's overcomable for you. But mm-hmm. there's something that they had that they overcame without giving two thoughts about it. But would have broken you right right and yeah this is the stuff of life that's invisible and people people don't pay attention to the stuff they overcame very easily um and so they but that stuff that's the kind of stuff that can break someone else it's, it's not it's not the same so i think the fact that you were able to get through it is fantastic because i think if i had that i probably would have got broken by it right and and let's let's give due respect to so i'm i'm thinking you know somewhat about well, not as much about the diabetes, but about my, my, you know, other careers. Yeah. And to give due respect to writers, like, I'm doing it. I would rather be writing. I would rather, yeah. you know, be a, a successful writer. But I'm doing this because I'm, at the moment, too afraid to stake it all, you know, on my ability to um, write something or perhaps on, as fast as points to it, the um, industry's willingness to... Um, yeah. You see, know, uh, engage with me when I do create something. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because it's easier, right? It's the, no, the, I don't, I don't the agree. Beginning of the seminar, I don't that agree. He had a, a brain surgeon who, you know, walked in. <laughs> you know, he was like, "Oh, I actually do brain surgery." You're saying story is harder than brain surgery? That's quite funny because I happen to be a brain surgeon. <laughs> and then Nikki says, like, he saw this guy on his way, you know, head and head and hand, and you know, um, kind of. Well, I, I had that. I had that experience doing the action lecture. Uh, people came in thinking it'll be. They, they took it because they took the rest of the genre days and they're there. So they took it thinking it'd be the easy one, and they came out mm. and everyone went. It's the most complex genre of all of them. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's it's. But I, I get it. But I I, I disagree with, with your mindset. Um, to be honest, uh, because uh, I don't think. I think recognizing that you're good at something and doing it and being productive is not, and not doing the thing that is less certain is a result of fear. 
I think mm. I think that's a very practical way of thinking. Um, and I think a lot of people think like you and think I'm too scared to go out and try, so I'll do this. But it's like that would be a fair assessment if you weren't accomplished in anything else. But you're very accomplished in a lot of fields, so it can't be that. It, it, it's, it's just nonsense to tell yourself that. And also, this idea that you say your standard is you should be producing one work a year is um, I, I, I've heard this kind of stuff and it's nonsense. Mm. I, got it, I just got to slap it in the face. Uh, Quentin Tarantino oh. has been, <laughs> has been uh, one of the top directors in Hollywood for 30 years and he's made nine films in 30 years, right? By your standard, he should have made 30. Well, but he wrote them too, right? So, so let's You think he line. wrote 30 screenplays? He didn't. Uh, Denis Villeneuve, or I, I can't pronounce his name properly, he's made yeah. se seven of his films have come out in the last decade. And you're saying, he, well, he should have had three more. Right? Now, if you're going to say, well, he's a director, so that takes more time, well, then why then do you think writing should take less? Hmm. Uh, do you think Lawrence Kasdan pumps out a film a year? Does, 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 does anyone, any, can you think of a single writer uh, that you would look at and go that George R. R. Martin has taken how long to write his books? One, yeah, one, one, one story a year is a ridiculous time frame. Um, and if you have that as your standard, you're always going to fail. So it's not fair on you. Uh, you shouldn't do it like that. <laughs> you, just should, you shouldn't do that. I, I, yeah, uh, I appreciate that. And, and I think the... Was McKee's rule of thumb ten years for a, a good screenplay? His his rule of thumb was it takes ten years to get to be successful. Um, so ten years of failure is what his phrase was. Um, uh, okay. But but the other thing is like, um, the, not only is that the case, but then you also have to think about there's life circumstances. Like you have a family, and you also sure. are very accomplished in other areas. And for yeah. you to tell yourself, like, I'm not, I, I'm not doing what I should be doing because I haven't thrown away the areas of my life I'm good at and I haven't jeopardized the security of my family is also a ridiculous standard, yeah. <laughs> right? It's right. just, and yeah. it's not, it's not reasonable to, to do that. And a lot of people do this to themselves. Um, it's not, and it's not fair. And people, and I, I know their hearts are in the right place. But when people say well, you should just write every day, and you know, what was the phrase? Uh, you go to the work, and if the news isn't there, she yeah. there's her on her. Like I agree with it, yeah. and I get it. But at yeah. the same time, the concept of well, you write every day. It's like people. Sometimes people, the reason they don't write every day is not because the muse hasn't come, but because yeah. you know their kids have a chronic illness, right? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah, or because they have to work three jobs to keep a roof over their head, like. That's why they didn't yeah. write today, and you can't expect them to write every day. It's got nothing to do with the muse, um, so it's it's not it's not a fair standard. And everyone has these standards. I have these standards. There's uh, one of the interviews I did for the series. Uh, uh, Danny Rubin. He phrased it beautifully. He said he was walking around L.A. asking himself, "Why aren't you Shakespeare yet?" Hmm. Right. I, I just love his yeah. phrase of that. Like he's right. Yeah. That's how people think about themselves. It's like you can't do that. Just can't do it to yourself. Um, Isn't it? It's it's crazy. It's so deceptive, right? One hundred and twenty yeah. pages. Yeah. You know, and you're like, what? You you can't do that in a year, but but like, 
it's easier for me to, you know, create and run a tech company. Um, it, 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 like I, 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 it's, yeah, cause you, you have to, it's like, first you have to have an insight about life. Yeah. Then you have to have the form to make it entertaining rather than, yeah. you know, pedantic. Yeah. Then you have to, you know, fit that into a plot, but you have to do it all without being too, um, heavy handed with it either. Like the, yeah. The reader or the audience can't know that you're doing. It's crazy how hard it is to make a good yeah. story. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just bonkers. It's 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 really hard, um, and yeah, it it's just tough, right? Uh, but th but then this gets back to this whole thing about uh, over intellectualizing it, right? Because yeah. a lot of people don't don't analyze the work that way and they produce wonderful things um yeah. part of it is just because they're they're feeling it that they do it they can just yeah. tell they got that taste in them that says no nah, that's not working uh i'll do it this way they, and they've got enough of a repertoire in their minds of tools to get out i mean you talk to you just talk to comic artists you know mm -hmm. they have a whole host of just technical ways to get out of a problem when they're drawing and they just know. Right. And so they can just go. And if something's a problem, they have this phrase, you paint yourself into a corner. Like um, uh, my friend Adam, he, he points out that one of the big mistakes people make is they have a lot of, you know, in Photoshop and those kind of programs, you have a history so you can undo. Mm -hmm. And he, he mm -hmm. says, like, you want 10 at most. Because if you can mm -hmm. keep going back, uh, you will never force yourself to learn. When you make a mistake, mm -hmm. you've only got nine ways you can go back. At some point, you've run out of how far you can go back, and you just got to deal with the mistake, right? Mm. And it's the same with people who would paint. You make a mistake with the brush, you just you've got to work around the mistake of the brush, right? You can't just take the paint off necessarily. Um, and is it that is it that the, the learning to work around the mistake is is important, and then yeah. the mistake becomes part of the art? Yeah. Or exactly. is it that you're learning for next time? Both. Not to make the same mistake. Okay. Uh, both, definitely both. It, it, uh, sometimes they can, it, it, the more accomplished they are, the better they are at hiding the mistake and getting around it. But it's always a right. learning experience for the next time. Because next time they remember. They remember right. the mistake they made and they don't make it again. Uh, and you just learn through experience, right? Um, yeah. uh, I, I feel like with, with people like us, maybe this makes sense to you, part of the over-intellectualization is that you want to get it right the first time. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> gently down the street. That's my first screenplay. I've been working on that for 17 years now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and I and it's like I'm not willing to let it go. You know, I just I, I still think it's got something, but I'm, I'm very attached to it, which I I'm, which is probably a mistake. But well, yeah. if you think it's a mistake, put it aside. You can always come back yeah. to it. You just don't have to. Work, maybe. I don't. I don't really. I was just being falsely, falsely modest there. I think. Yeah, I think you got me. I don't think it's a mistake. <laughs> so just, just, just put it, put it back, put it on the back burner. Do something else. When you come back to yeah. it, you'll be a better writer. I, I feel there's a couple of stories in my head where I realized I wasn't a good enough writer. The story was better mm. than what I could do. So I'm like, I have to just put it aside. Mm. I have to get better, and then I can come back to it because I really love it. But I can't get it. I'm not good enough there, right? So sometimes you can feel that way, and you just go, "Well, put it, work something else." You're not trying to work on something else that you think is less good. 
right? It's not that. You're not doing that to them. It's just that you go, I'm going to try and find something else to work on. And you work that and you feel good about that one. And then when you get to it yeah. and you, you go back to the other one and go, wow, I learned a lot. I learned yeah. a lot by trying something else. Even if that one doesn't pan out, it's like, well, I still learned a lot because I did something else. Um, you, you just, you know, you get the tools at the time. But anyway. I'm Isn't that interesting? Do, do you think it's possible to um, apprentice people? So, so Piaget has the zone of proximal development, right? Right. Like I don't, I don't talk to my toddler mm. as though she's, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't show her a PhD dissertation, right? Because <laughs> it's out of her zone of proximal development. Right. But yes. what I say instead is, is when she says, I go to the potty, I say, oh, you went to the potty, you know, because that's her right. zone of proximal development. Okay. Do you think that there's a way, thinking about your your uh, approach, to for writers to scaffold themselves through zones of proximal development? I suppose that's what we do when that we write shorts and when we write features. Right. But but are there other are there other ways that we could scaffold ourselves toward, you know, because of course you're not going to write you know, uh, Star Wars on, on your first, you know, sit down. Yeah. Um, of course. Yeah. Um, but can we, can we scaffold our way there? Well, yes. And why? Why is to have a more sure path mm. than the one where you're, um, you know, wandering around Los Angeles, wondering why you're not William <laughs> Shakespeare, um, or, or, or all of the self-loathing and, and you yeah. know, like the stuff we're talking about right now. Where right. You're, you're basically saying to your audience, stop beating yourself up. Mm. And we're going, no, I, I haven't done it yet. I, you know, I hate myself. I haven't achieved it. And you're going, dude, stop. It's okay. <laughs> um, so rather than that, could we scaffold ourselves into, you know, uh, a, a writing progression somehow? Uh, well, uh, I think you could. Uh, I, I think I think you could because it, the trick is not to realize that there's just it's not one metric. Um, you could be a really accomplished writer and just not know the subject. You're like you're interested by it, you want to write about it. But uh, I, I've been watching a lot of South Park recently, and I've been listening to the commentaries. One of the interesting mm. things about South Park is when they come up with an idea, the first thing they have to do is they have to go out and research it, right? Mm. And they can sometimes tell they, they just don't, they don't have anything. And then they drop the idea mm. and they go somewhere else. And then the idea is on the back burner. And then a season or two later, they get the idea again. And they finally worked out how to do it. Uh, because the idea was too fresh and they didn't understand it. It's not because they weren't good enough writers. They just, the idea didn't click them, right? Other times, you could be a very good writer, you can know the subject matter, but you don't have the tools to express yourself. You don't know a genre. You don't even know a genre that you need to write in even exists. And so you're like, I can't work out how to express this. And it's not because you don't know how to write. It's not because you don't know the subject, but you don't, there's a part of the form that's missing to you. And it's just, and it's not a lack of knowledge in that sense, like a lack of expertise. It's just a, like a blind spot, right? So... Can you give an example of the idea not being fresh enough, or, or feel free to finish your thought and then do it? Oh, my the idea being too fresh, rather. What do you mean? Well, you said you said on South Park they would have an idea, oh. but the idea was too fresh. Can you can you concretize that? Uh, yeah, let me let me try. Oh, geez, uh, it's one of those things you just go blank because I've been listening to so many of their commentaries back to back, and they, there's so many of the episodes where they go, "We always had this." Oh, here's one. 
Okay, it's okay. not a great example, but it popped in my head. Uh, but oh, you're laughing. That's good. It's because the example's ridiculous too. The example I it, that's in my head is they had this idea for ages of if you put food up your butt, you'd crap out your mouth. <laughs> right? And they couldn't work out how to put that in an episode. They just didn't know how to do it. And it took them ages. Right. And they, finally, they finally came up with a way of putting it into an episode. Um, and sometimes the, well, there's an episode called The Death of Eric Cartman where they have a great idea for a story and they don't know how to start it. And they just, well, we'll just start the story and try and come up with something later. Um, yeah. So there's this sense of like um so the, the point though that i'm making is like sometimes it, it's not a skill problem it's and it's not even necessarily a um a knowledge problem it's just like it's it's just not there like it takes you know it takes time uh that you mentioned a phrase before we talked about how life starts at 40 right and how the idea being mm. that at 40 is when you start putting you're making sense of life. That's when you start doing it, right? Well, it's that mm -hmm. kind of thing. You have all these pieces. It takes time. And sometimes you just don't have it. So uh, there, mm -hmm. there was an idea. I had two ideas of stories that I really wanted to tell for a very long time. This is one of the stories that I wasn't. I, I felt I wasn't good enough to do um, because I could tell it was just too big. This I'm talking about a story I came up with probably when I was 16. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I had an idea and then a little, like maybe 10 years later, I had another idea, whatever. And I couldn't, and I just kept thinking about them. And then one day I realized they're the same idea. Mm. And now I know I can, I think I can do it. Right. Uh, mm. So I, it's a big story, but I think I can do it because now I, I clicked it. I clicked it. Those two things clicked together, but there's no way I could have known that when I was 16. Would you care to give an overview or do you want to? No, no, no. It's, 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 it's not in a position where if I talk about it, it'll make any real sense at the moment. But um, <laughs> uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to go. It'd take too long, and this isn't about me. Um, but, yeah. but anyway, um, but that scaffolding thing, I think, is, yes, you could do it. And I think it would be, I agree with you, it's a good way to maybe tell people not to beat themselves up. But yes. I also want to get to this thing of analysis paralysis which is this idea that you're analyzing something so that you don't have to write so that you can mm. get all your ducks in a row. And as you said, be more certain. And I just, it, it's not, it's not like that. It's just not, you know, it's, it's not like that in that. It's not certain. It's, um, it's just not how it works. I mean, you, you know about right. quantum mechanics and everything till you observe it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old devil slit experiment. Yeah, yeah. Is you, is, you've got to be observed first, right? So you can do all the prep you want, but it has to, you have to observe it, right? Um, so, you know, you, know you, 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 said, you said to me that, you know, you, you feel like you're kind of fooling yourself because you're not producing anything. Do you, do you really feel that way? Mm -hmm. Okay, I think of things in terms of percentages uh, okay. a lot. Um, so, what were my odds if I had dedicated my life to to writing the things that I wanted to write? Mm. What are the odds that I would have had a you know happy, fulfilled, successful life? Right. Um, I'm gonna say I'm pretty optimistic guy. I'm gonna say you know thirty, right. forty. You know that that I would have I, I would now be 
sought after and people would have me reviewing work and I would, you know, you would be here, Bass. We would be, uh, you know, in my garage or on my estate, you know, with whiteboards and, uh, <laughs> you know, trumpets and uh, pianos and, you know, young people learning from us. We would have our school of story on a cliff in uh, Monterey or, or the central coast of California. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe, right? Maybe. maybe. Um, but but it's so uncertain. And that's that yeah. Pareto distribution. And, you know, maybe I write something really good and, and it, it never sees the light of day. Somebody steals it. You know, right. I, I fail to have sex with the right person. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever. And then what, right? And then, yeah. and then you know, and, and I, I don't know, man. I, I'm of two minds. And so this way that I'm going just feels safer. It's like, all right. I know I can pull off this, you know, this thing. Or I, I feel like I can pull off this thing I'm doing. It's still got some risk. Um, I'm very happy with the thing that I'm doing. Like I, I've gained insights into mm -hmm. um, behavior change and, and, you know, how people work and, and systems. I, I, I would be like I represented McKee as a really like systems-based writer. My plots yeah. really want to click together or, or, or yeah. I've got nothing. Whereas I know there are other writers, I interviewed in one of dissertation, Jennifer Egan. Mm -hmm. She just writes word by word, and and she hates. She doesn't want to know the ending. She's like, ah, oh, it'd be so boring if I knew what was going to happen. And right. I, and and I would love to do that, but oh right. my god, um, you know, I, I just don't have the what is it? I don't have the risk tolerance for it, I guess. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I I. I this way to me is safer, but it's still comfortable. And I, I, I like to believe, and I do believe that all of this experience that I have um, in, you know, learning how to develop good work habits, learning how to analyze things, learning how to work with other people, right. learning about technology, learning about systems. I, like I, I've, I've been learning stuff. I've been out in the world, right? This isn't the country I was born in. I, you know, none of the people I grew up with are around me. Like I, I've been out here doing stuff the whole time, um, and I think all of that has to. I know it translates into my current work, and and it also translates into my writing. And and you know, I I think it will be useful, and it will see the light of day at at some point. So I, I don't regret it, but I, I you know, I, I think of it in terms of probabilities. You know, maybe I maybe I could have made it uh, another way. You know, maybe I could quit everything right now and just rock on down to LA and sit in the uh, writer's guild library and crank really hard for three months. And, and, you know, maybe I'd make it, but yeah, I'm not really willing to do that. I've got other, other things in, in my life that I enjoy and other things that I'm more certain of yeah. contributing than, um, than doing that. That's kind of a fantastical, yeah. um, you know, escapist dream in, in some sense. I mean, you're, you, you know, you said you're an optimistic guy, and you know, you, you say that when you everything you've started to write has resulted in good things down the line. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to, I, I wanted to get there too. Um, I, I, I mean, know, it seems to I, me like that, that that means you're not kidding yourself, you're not fooling yourself, you're not wasting your time, even even if you're not sort of producing. Right, you're producing yeah. something else that's of value, uh, and you're still learning uh, and getting yourself to a point yeah. where you feel confident enough to, that you can write something of value, and it's not a waste of your time. 
Yeah, and let's let's put meat on those bones. Um, you know, I did the same thing of writing down every good idea I thought I had um, in my twenties, and then when I was thirty, I finished my dissertation, I had sold a business. Um, I went literally to rural Nova Scotia and to rural Mexico mm. for half a year, and I just processed everything I had. I put it all in an Excel spreadsheet, categorized all of the ideas, I rated each of them by how good I thought they were, and then I started combining them into, mm. you know, screenplays, nonfiction books. You know, I did what you would call content analysis technically, where I just, you know, made categories and subcategories of all this stuff, and then I started looking for the narrative threads within it, and mm. That has led to, you know, my companies, my careers, my academic ideas, um, and my my fictional works. Right. And then even in the fictional works that I haven't completed, so we talked about gently down the stream a little bit. Right. You know, it's 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 got this character who's trying to change the world, and she's got a very, you know, let's let's go there, right? She she fakes an alien spaceship landing because she wants the world to come together and she's right. like this is you know we're, we're too separated how would i bring everybody together oh i know alien. <laughs> um and so you know there's a like i want to know that i want to know how do you bring people together how do you use right. sensationalism um how do you use the fantastic science fictional mind how yeah. do you inspire people how do you get their attention and then, but, but then how do you not be a villain at the same time, right? How do you not be a, an evil manipulator of the masses? Yeah. How, do you, how do you then spin it, right? So you've created this monster, and then now you have to, you have, to have it not ruin everybody's life. <laughs> you, you have to turn it into something positive. Yeah. And that's the screenplay. If I can, you, yeah. know, and I, and, um, you know, I'm making progress. And if I can pull that off, then Jesus, I've got a screenplay. It's a good but idea, But that's right? also my life question, right? I, I grew up watching, you know, Star Trek, The Next Generation, yeah. religiously. And I, I love that. I yeah. read all these stories and screenplays that they, they seep into my soul. You know, they, all these... All these people and you know, characters and know, things determine you know my, who I am. Um, do you know my next generation guy, party trick? No. Uh, if you give me, if you put a random episode on at any point, I can probably name the episode. <laughs> I, I I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> I with you. I would, I would. Can I just I would give long odds to anyone who would challenge you? <laughs> can I just say uh, to anyone listening, if you tell me that Johnny's idea for a screenplay is a good one. I will tell him because I think it would be nice for him to hear that because it sounds good, right? I mean, I think I'm yeah. talking now to people who can't respond, but I'm telling you they're going to agree with me. It's it's a good idea. Um, and it's got a nice uh, question to it. It's just, yeah, it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> but it, I mean... Uh, which, which episode is the line must be drawn? Yeah, that's well, that, fine. No further. Well, that's not an episode. That's First Contact. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> I used that You're so trying to trick me, did you? Uh, no, I, I, that was genuine. <laughs> trick question, eh? That's no, all good. Um, so, look, you you know, you're talking about you want you you know, you're talking about also how you want your work to be a positive experience for people, which is is something you talk about quite a bit. Um, this this sort of self story and things, which is maybe something we can talk about another time because that's a very big topic. But mm. th there is this sense of like, um, 
you, you know, you're talking about certainty and so on, and the lack of certainty that you can even make the thing work. And then even if you do make it, make your screenplay and finish it and everything, you've then got this other level of uncertainty, which is will it actually have the effect I want it to have, right? Is, is that is that your thinking process? Is that how you oh, would Oh, yes. Yeah. Right. And, and I, I guess, I, like, I think you just have to let go of that. And I guess yeah. this is why I want to be comfortable and, and I want my family safe, taken care of, and I want to be a, you know, a happy, productive human mm. before I push too far down that route because I don't want my self-esteem or my uh, mood to be dependent on my success in, in right. an industry that is, you know, fickle. Um, yeah. That's just giving my power, that's giving the power to control, you know, how I feel away to somebody else. So yeah. I will enjoy the, sh the heck out of writing it and I will make you read it and I will make, <laughs> you know, all of our, I'll make all of our friends read it. Yeah. And then if nobody does anything, I'll make somebody draw it. I work with a lot of students now. Um, <laughs> I'll get some young people involved. I'll, yeah. I'll get the music uh, department involved. I'll pay these kids. All this, these brilliant music kids who, who you know, they go and become waiters after, like, yeah. I'll get them to, to write a, a musical with it, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and we'll have fun. I, I don't know, I just, I, I, I it has to be, mm -hmm. my, my happiness has to not be dependent upon some particular thing yeah. happening, like somebody giving me, you know, $500,000 for it or whatever. Yeah, of course. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I, I get that. Um, so, I'm very passionate about this idea, by the way. I'm sorry to interrupt. Hold, hold your next thought or question because I know you, you were going for it's all stories. I feel like there are all these brilliant young minds, and, and I think of music in particular because these kids are are so smart, so sensitive, you know, so so like almost mathematical. Like mm -hmm. they've just got this aesthetic genius, and all major universities have music programs. And due to the Pareto distribution, mm -hmm. very few of these kids actually get to play music in a symphony or in a you know, a, a, as, a, as a real musician. Yeah. And imagine if you could harness that creative power. Imagine if you could have them all working on musicals, working on scores, working on scripts. Yeah. And if you could coordinate them appropriately, yeah. imagine the amazing, because I, I, I don't know, this is, this is me going on a tangent, but I feel like the big screen um, is suited to science fiction. It's suited to musicals. Like, you know, you're gathering with a bunch of people sure. in an audience and you want to kind of be vibing together and like a, a baby driver, you know, that movie yeah. where everything is yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, uh, yeah. synced to the beat, right? Yeah, and and like, right. that was a fun one to see in the theater. It was. You know, it, yeah, because yeah. everybody was everybody was in harmony. So That's true. And anyway, I want there to be more movies like that and that's, I also that's... want these poor brilliant kids to have jobs so I don't know that that's, well that's a very well you see now you're talking about how about the collaboration of, 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 of producing a work right sure um, and you you know you, you're talking about how, how you want all that that collaborative energy and so on and getting everyone else involved and the audience and all that stuff and it's like well you know the, those are all very different disciplines and things like that and yeah. that's uh that includes other people and i forget what the point i was trying to make here was <laughs> but i mean it's it's 
it's worth pointing out that it's an utter departure from you were talking about kind of the lonely life of a writer. Well, that, that was it. Thank you. So, that. like, maybe yeah. one of the problems is is that you're trying to what the problem with your sort of over intellectualization is because you're doing it on your own, and you you pro- maybe you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't be trying to write your screenplays by yourself. Um, mm. Maybe maybe that's not the right approach for you because you're removing from your process something that really matters to you which is the mm-hmm. collaboration and other people and maybe one of the reasons you're just not making the you see one of the things i've i've started i've been sort of really trying to pay more attention to especially after doing a few of these i've started to notice this how important this is um is what matters to the person writing in in just life like you can't you can't people just keep expecting like this is what you're supposed to do but it's like it's just it's so it's so inaccurate because if if what you love is if if for you the whole thing about it just you know you the way you've been talking about it you want to work with other people and you want to get them invested in the work and enjoy the work and then you Mm. want people in the audience to enjoy it that's a huge collaborative thing and to my mind that thinks makes me think of things like live theater and performance art right and you 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 could i guess sit down and write a stage play and then try and get people to act it but then it's like well i used to do that and what was fun about that was right rewriting scenes as people acted them out and paying attention and i would often act in them and i'm like you know i can't get my i can't get i can't make this work i can't get from this part of the set to the other part of the set in time it's not going to work the way and so on and just like over time and it, the collaboration process just eventually produces it and you've got the the wonderfulness of just the 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 spontaneity of people bouncing off each other so if that part of it is what really matters to you then maybe sitting and saying to yourself i should be running 20 hours chained to a desk a week pumping mm. out a screenplay a year maybe the reason you're not doing it is because that isn't actually what you want to do yeah you want to write yeah mm. you've got this idea that you love and yeah you want to get it made but that process isn't making you do the work properly any more than say uh you know when you start when you were doing your academic degrees and everything my guess is you didn't do those academic degrees on a unicycle right i'm guessing that would have been pretty difficult to do constantly on a unicycle reading things while playing a one-man band in trafalgar square but if someone like had said to you oh if you want to be an academic person, you have to be on a unicycle and doing a one-man band. It's just a preposterous situation, right? You'd never think, oh, that is conducive. But why should being isolated be conducive to your creativity? That's a really good point, Pat. Um, when I think of, like, one of the things I want to do soon is go to another writer's conference because I have two broadcast educators association. Hmm. Uh, in Vegas, actually, and, and my Africa documentary won a little award there too. Um, nice. Uh, but oh my god, I loved that being in a room with all of the writers and everybody again talking about writing, thinking about writing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I haven't done as much collaborative. I, I've been a part of. I we had a writing group here, and I was a part of it for two years or so, and then it was just too late in the evening. They were meeting. It's You're collaborative in all your other projects. Everything else you do is collaborative. This is the sure. one thing where it's not. 
and then everything else you're successful and it gets done and it leads to something else yeah. and the one part of your life yeah. where you're not collaborative it's not happening so it's a really it's a really good point so what do i do it's, it's, it's hard to it's hard to find you know like if you want to move here um and uh, <laughs> you can be neighbors and we can work on my screenplay together we got, um, we got zoom we don't need to move. <laughs> sorry what was that we've got zoom we don't need to move um, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I'll talk to you every day but, if you want. Um, uh, you could do it. I mean, I, 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 I love collaborating. Um, but it, it's just one of those things. Um, I've said this before. Uh, I, it took me a long time to discover this. I cannot write nonfiction in isolation. Can't do it. Mm. I will distract myself. I'll procrastinate. I'll never happen. If I am surrounded by people doing things, I used to, I, I wrote um, uh, a huge chunk of, uh, no, not a huge, I, I wrote the entire McKee Q&A question book, if that ever comes out. I wrote the whole thing, I transcribed the whole thing um, in a coffee shop, day in, mm. day out for hours, every day in the coffee shop. Mm. I, fine, no problem. I tried, I couldn't do, I, I couldn't do any of it in my studio, couldn't do it. Mm. When the pandemic hit, because I knew this was true, uh, I would sit downstairs with headphones on while my mum was watching television, uh, tapping away on my laptop and I could write, no problem. Uh, having people around, moving, I can write. Fiction, mm. can't. I can't do that. Fiction, I need to be alone in a big room with no one around that I can walk around, pace, and act things out. I, I, can't, mm. I can't do it in a small enclosed space. I can't do it with other people around me. I can't have anyone near me. Can't do it. Um, mm. And I also know that if I do it that way, I will lose track of time. I will get tunnel vision mm. and I won't eat. And uh, I will work for 10 hours straight. And it's ridiculous and that's mm. very unhealthy mm. and i use mm. my prayer times as like when it's time because i never i don't miss those so i right. know therefore at a certain prayer time like that's it for today no more because yeah. you've got to go and eat you've got to go sort yourself out because if you don't then you're going to be destroyed for the next two days because you'll be too yeah. exhausted so that kind of so you you learn these things by paying attention to what is and what isn't working right yeah, um, yeah. And it comes second nature to a lot of people, and a lot of people just presume, well, what worked for that person who I respect must therefore work for me. It's just not true. Um, right. So that's my, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah, don't. The, 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 the literature supports your approach, by the way. Um, a, a lot of uh, uh, people uh, will leave a sentence unfinished um, at the end of the day, right? They, oh, people yeah. force themselves to stop on a time or start on a time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever so okay. that they don't bring it and yeah. to keep their subconscious yeah. uh, working on it rather or they than make, just exhausting. Or they make to-do lists. I heard that and I quite like the idea of that. You make a list of things you want to do the next day. But um, So you mentioned beforehand, you said you, know, you were worried about wasting your life how do you feel about that that you've wasted your life by Wait. not writing by not wasting my life by not writing yeah by not producing you said that uh before we turn oh oh uh no not at all um yeah. i don't know man uh <laughs> hmm. everything is connected Guess so. You know, I got I got to tell you that idea, and then you got to say it, and maybe three people are going to listen to it, 
And like, God knows, maybe somebody will steal it and then they'll turn it into something. Or like, you know, it doesn't matter. Everything is connected. Everything works out. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, like, I, this is where I've, I've gotten to at age 40. It's like, I don't even necessarily need to be, what, what you just said is actually a big epiphany for me. I don't even need, necessarily need to be successful as a writer. Hmm. I just kind of want to do it. Right. And, but I kind of want to do it with people. And I wonder if that's been my hang up on success hmm. was that like, well, if I'm, if I'm doing it by myself or, or if I'm not successful, nobody's going to want to work with me. <laughs> Therefore I have to succeed yeah. so that I can be on set yeah. watching things play out. And, um, yeah. You know, uh, jamming with people, um, you know, while we while we figure out, you know, complex story problems and, and thereby, mm. you know, complex and interesting metaphors and the meaning of life and, and all that good stuff mm. um, at the same time. Um, so, no, I, I have very, I, I, you know, what's, uh, oh, I said we would do some Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard's got a quote. And it's like, um, I said we do hang on. It's, it's about being married. Uh, it's like, um, if, if you get married, you'll regret it. Yeah. If you don't get married, you'll regret it. If you <laughs> write the book, you'll regret it. If you don't write the book, you'll regret it. Yeah. If you hang yourself, you'll regret it. If you don't hang yourself, you'll regret it. You know, <laughs> that is the human condition. And, um, you know, take a chill pill. Or I, I don't know how he ended it, but... <laughs> Uh, I think it's either or. I, I forget what book it is, but um, <laughs> that's it. Take a chill pill. So that famous so, Kirk guy you know. saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Do I do I feel I've wasted? You know, no, definitely not. Good. Um, good. Uh, and there's a. I, I, this is a new attitude as well that I've kind of adopted. Is that like everything that has happened is the best thing that could have happened. Right, because you know the old Zen Cohen, right? The mm. the the a, a, a wild horse comes to the farmer, and everybody says, "Isn't yeah. that great?" And he yeah. says, "We'll see." Yes, and his boy is riding it, breaks his leg. Yeah. You know, everybody says, "Isn't that awful?" He says, "We'll see." Yep. Soldiers come to recruit kids for the war. Yeah. Can't recruit his broken leg. Isn't that great? We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah, right. I'm, I'm more. I'm, I'm kind of at peace, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's that's a very Islamic view as well. Um, that that sense of just like, um, it, you know, what's because I don't have regrets. I I look back on it and I'm like, no, I did what I thought was the right thing to do in that situation, and even if it doesn't yeah. pan out the way I hoped or necessarily in a good way. I look back and I'm like, I think I was, I, I did the thing I, I should have done. Um, and, I, and I can't expect myself to be, you know, you can't expect if you, if you're 15 and you make a mistake, you can't go, well, I should have known better at 15. Like, how could you, 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 you know, you didn't, now you're 40. Of course you can look back and say that. You can't say that, you can't expect your 15 year old to have the wisdom of a 40 year old who made the mistake. It doesn't make sense, right? Um, and maybe the mistake taught you something. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm with you on that. Well, um, this was lovely. Thank you so much. Oh, are we out of time? I, I, we've, we, we, we are not out of time. We are in good time. We're just... Uh, we are in good time. Yeah, that's a good place to end it, I think. Um, 
It has. I haven't looked at a clock. It has flown for me. I feel like we could have been talking for seven minutes. So no, it, this is one of the long. Back. This is one of the longer episodes, actually. So, uh, <laughs> but that's that's been great, dude. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Basim Story, and other ways to find and support this podcast can be found in this episode's description. Jazakallah.